Welcome back to The Noah Show. I'm your host, Noah. So today we had with us Anthony Duplantis. He is a UH alumni. He graduated back in the fall of 2019 with a major in marketing and a minor in MIS. And really cool dude. One of, one of my closest friends, I think, at U of H. And I miss him, not seeing my class anymore at student events. But it was a great, great conversation, I think. It really flowed. And it had a lot of, a lot of deep content in it. We talked about life after graduation and being active in the job hunt and what you can do to better yourself there and make yourself seem more like a better candidate to hires and companies. And it was just a lot of fun. We even talked about some Netflix shows. It was a great time. I think you're really going to like this episode. So I'm not going to keep you waiting. Let's get into what he had to say. Welcome back, everyone. I have with us Anthony Duplantis, a UH alumni. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing good. How how does it feel to be an alumni, dude? It's you're what three I months mean, out. Yeah, I mean now it's it's kind of a it's kind of a really you know scary time. Uh, but you know, other than that, it feels great. Uh, you don't have to pay for books anymore. Don't have to do all that stuff. And uh, you know, you get to learn a lot about the real world once you you know you graduate and stuff like that. Talking to companies and uh, you know just kind of learning what you can do outside of college to build your professional career. It's, it's a really great experience and, uh, you know, but, you know, I do, I do miss some things in college, you know, I, I do miss, you know, some classes. I do miss, you know, AMA especially, right. Uh, all the friends there and all, you know, and whatnot, like just going to like events and mm-hmm. stuff like that more frequently. But other than that, I just say it's been a very, very, you know, relaxed time. Do you, do you miss that, that, you know, having like to go to class like on Monday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday, do you, do you miss that like just routine? Yeah, I would say um, in terms of just the routine of it, I, I do miss kind of like the it's it's not so much the routine of it. It's more so kind of the just the um, kind of the context of it and the environment. Uh, I, I miss, you know, going to class and like seeing everyone there and kind of just, you know, learning about marketing and stuff like that, like kind of taking notes and whatnot. Like I, I really do miss that. And like the professors that I talk to. Uh you know, it's, it's just the environment of it. Um, like in terms of the schedule, uh, that I had, uh, I mean, it just depends on what class I was taking and at what time. Uh, but I just missed kind of like the environment of it, I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to miss that environment too, with all this, you know, that's not being able to go to class or nothing. Like I'm, I miss it. I actually, I actually, yeah. I actually miss class. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I only, I did only have, I do have four online classes, so I never was in class anyways. I had yeah. I had one online cl- I had one in person class with Zon, so it's like I didn't even really <laughs> miss anything with it. Like it's not really different, but I, I don't know why I miss it. I miss the I miss the in person. My one in person class, I miss it. Yeah, I mean it's just also on top of that, it's just you know you, you lived on campus and just the community, the University of Houston is also another thing. Uh, it, you know, pre- yeah, I mean mostly I was a you know I graduated from Bauer, obviously, so. Mm-hmm. You know, only around Bauer, but still, I kind of miss that environment. I miss, you know, going up and, uh, you know, just going up to the computer lab, getting a coffee and stuff like that, right? Um, just all of that was, you know, super, like, you know, it feels kind of weird to not be in school. Uh, you know, it feels like I should be doing another semester or something like that. Like, you know, once I graduated, I was like, you know, you're like, oh, man, I'm done. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I mean, just the connections I built at um, U of H are still there. Like, it's not like, you know, 
because I'm not in class or whatever, because I'm not an AMA, I'm not still talking to these people. I mean, like if I wasn't, I, I mean, I wouldn't be here, obviously, right? Obviously. So, yeah. And what, I, I, what, where do you think you made your best connections at U of H? Honestly, I would say um, student organizations are probably where I made my best connections, just mainly because while I was there, um, you know, you talk to these students, you get to learn a lot about like what they're doing, their passions, their, you know, their drive, their resolve and stuff like that. And you get to learn about the industry that they're getting in, right? Uh, through that, you know, you kind of get a more well-rounded view of the, the corporate world of the business world, right? Uh, specifically when I was in AMA, uh, I learned a lot about just marketing and sales and whatnot, just because I was talking to people in PES, because I was talking to people who are having internships with, you know, marketing firms. And, you know, they're telling me about like their day-to-day -day life. And, you know, you kind of learn a little bit more about what it's like to be, you know, in an office, what it's like to be, you know, in the field for, you know, sales or, you know, whatever. I would even meet people um, because I did, uh, I minored in management information systems. So I also talked to the, you know, MISO uh, organization as well. And you would learn about, you know, consultants, you learn about programmers, you learn about all this stuff, right? And, you know, that's really valuable for someone, you know, who's just like, especially if you're like a freshman or a sophomore and you're just trying to figure out where you want to go, that's extremely valuable to know just where you want to go and where you, you know, feel like you need to be. Uh, just, you know, that and, you know, obviously I was a creative alumni as well, just, you know. CC gang. Uh, yeah, CC gang all the way. But, um, I, you know, I learned a lot from that too, that experience. Uh, and, you know, I would say probably that's where I build some of the, the strongest connections I've ever had just because I was working with them, uh, you know, because it's a student run marketing firm, obviously, you know, we have a job to do, uh, mm -hmm. you know, generate revenue and bring money back to AMA. And one of the things that I really learned from that experience is that everyone has a different kind of way of approaching work and you can learn from that. Right. Like, I learned, you know, when we were work, you know, when we were working together, I learned a lot from you, you know, organization skills, kind of just, you know, how to lay things out. Uh, would come to you for advice a lot about just managing things and trying to make sure that, you know, I was, you know, that how can I can improve and just talk with everyone, right? And the same thing, you know, goes for me too. I would talk to people. I tell them about my experiences, and you know, I would see that they would probably implement something that I've done or like, you know, maybe you know, take that, you know, just consider it, right? It was a really cool experience to see just how people, you know, work differently and how that can actually make a stronger, just not only just business, but a stronger, like, family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're very, very close. So I would say probably if we're just short, it, just to shorten everything that I've said, just, you know, AMA, Guru Creative, and MISO are probably where I built the strongest connections. Uh, just in terms of, you know, student wise and then professional wise uh i would just say if you're an M if you're an ama and you're listening to this go to mixers go to mixers no matter what organization you're in go to mixers that's so important <laughs> it's Honestly, really important i didn't i did not realize how important they were until until this semester because what is kind of crazy so the last mixer we went to before everything got canceled was it was at extra credit and uh, like right like right outside of campus um where rooftop used to be and me and Nancy, were, we were talking to, we were just kind of, we were chilling. And this guy walked up and he was like, hey, you look official. 
like, where do I go to check in or like, who do I talk to and stuff like that? I was like, oh, I have no idea, dude. And he, like we, so we started, we started talking. Turns out that dude is the VP of sales for his company. Um, I think it was like a, I want to, his, his name was Jason, but it was, he, I think, I think it was like a, I think it was like a tree company. I think like for like, not like an arborist, but I can't remember honestly, but he, we were talking. And so, so me, me and Nancy met him there. And then she, Nancy connected with him on LinkedIn and she has to do, she's in PES. So she has to sell, you know, the career, like a career fair. And, um, and this semester because of the social distancing and everything, they moved it to an online form, which kind of made it more difficult to sell. Cause you know, who wants to, pay a ton of money for a virtual, you know, career fair and with everything, with all the, with all the layoffs and like companies freezing their hiring process, like who's really going to, who's really going to like want that. And so she, she posted, she posted an article, like she posted like a post on LinkedIn saying, are you looking for a virtual career fair or whatever? And Jason from that, from the mixer, he, um, messaged her on LinkedIn saying, Hey, I got this friend who actually might be interested in something like this. She reached, so she sent a message over to him, told him about like how she knows Jason, and she actually sold her career fair booth for the virtual one, like because of that like, connection she made at the mixer. And it's like, it's really, it really kind of opened my eyes. I was like, dang, these things actually work. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible just how you know, just talking to someone for probably like around 15, 30 minutes can open up so many doors. Like it's it's incredible. Like, and I get people might be shy and that they feels it that you know, oh, they're you know, they're business people, right? Like I, you know, what can I bring to the table? Like that, you know, that they'll actually, you know, consider me as just, you know, kind of like an equal or, you know, I can actually pitch them like this idea or I can actually ask them for a job. And honestly, you just have to talk to them and tell them mm -hmm. who you are. Like that's the first step. And, you know, honestly, that's just, it's, it's a very, scary stuff for a lot of people. I know mm -hmm. myself included, I was one of those people who was like, man, I just can't, you know, I just can't do it. Like, you know, like it's just, there's so official stuff like that and whatnot. But the more you overcome that and the more you're like, you know, just treat them as people and, you know, obviously in a professional setting, you become more just confident in yourself and confident in your abilities to present yourself to them and to explain your story and to just, you know, honestly build some type of connection. And that's, that's the first step. And it's, I recommend that to anyone that they take that step immediately as soon as possible. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me was the suit. Like it, it's whenever you put a suit on, you feel empowered and you feel, you know, you feel like you're ready to take on the world. But when you go to a professional setting, I don't know what it is, but for me, the suit like seeing people in suits just like it just it's intimidating almost especially okay. like professional mixer where they're gonna like they are you know they're professionals in the like for us it was in the marketing field and so you're like these are holy crap like these are professionals like you feel almost out of place but i, I and that was that was one thing that made that made that guy kind of more easier to talk to the dude is a vp of sales for his company mm -hmm. and he was wearing like jeans and a button-up and it was like it almost seemed like that guy, that guy wasn't a VP or anything. It was like, he seemed like he was just, you know, not taking anything seriously, just kind of like chilling. And we're yeah. like, then it comes to like, he's a VP. I'm like, holy cow, this dude, mm -hmm. professional, yes. like in like every way. And like, but he's, he just didn't dress like, you know, like every, how everyone else is dressing. So it's like, it made it easier to talk, but it was like, this is really nice. Like to see like that they actually do that. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, and that's the thing too. Another thing that like throws that threw me off actually when I got into the professional world was that you know, I mean, I've been telling you this, but you know, my after graduation, I've been talking with a company known as Oracle, and basically, I got that through just a lot of uh, emailing and networking or whatever. And I can go into that uh, in more depth uh, if you would like. But when I was talking to them, a lot of them are very casual and that throws people off, especially at mixers. You know, there's, you kind of don't know what that boundary is or, you know, if you should be, cause you're talking to like a VP of sales. Right. But in reality, you know, and he's, he's drinking, you know, cause you know, he's, of age right he's just drinking like some kind of you know beer or something like that right Mm -hmm. and you're you know he's just having casual conversation you know not being all professional using professional lingo kind of a little bit relaxed and i know a lot of students are kind of thrown off you know by that and they act really uptight and uh i was talking to uh this uh this one uh person from oracle and i remember as i was talking to him he said look relax like you know this isn't an interview and try like this isn't like an interview like your typical interview this is me just trying to know who you are and if you're all tense like that i don't get to know that we're in a setting where you know i want to create a setting for you where you feel relaxed and you feel at ease and the thing about mixers is that typically they're at some bar or you know there's food there right you kind of want to be relaxed you kind of want to be you know just kind of you know just yourself right uh, in a very, you know, just, you know, just a very you kind of man, like, you know what I mean? Just be yourself and just do not try and, you know, act incredibly professional, right? Don't be too uptight. That's what I meant to say. Don't be too uptight. Cause if you're too uptight, that's gonna, you know, that just doesn't mesh well with the environment. I, you it's, know, it's I feel, hard right? to do that though, to be yeah, no, not uptight. It's, very it's, difficult. It's, it's, it's so hard. Cause you're so intimidated. Like mm-hmm. this is the person that could potentially choose whether or not to hire you you're like you don't you're, you're so tense that you don't want to screw it up you know you don't you don't want to come off weird you don't want to you know you just don't want to sound wrong you know you don't want to say nothing you don't want to say something wrong to make them not want to choose you like there's yeah. so much going through your head it's just it, it you overthink it so much and that's mm-hmm. that was my biggest problem like it, yeah i overthink it I, I know you overthink a lot too sometimes oh that, yeah we i think we relate on that we definitely yeah. have talked about this problem multiple times we definitely have I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why we get along so well is just we both mm-hmm. we're both like so similar yeah no we we i think the thing actually um that i learned after graduation about that is um is to kind of bullet point a lot of the stuff that you want to say you know because if you condense everything because someone asked me about my experience right uh, you know, with creative, with AMA, with Niso, with everything, right? And I just started, I was like, I can't miss a single detail. I have to tell them everything. And they stopped me and they were like, hey, that's all great. But I do not have that much time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, you're kind of, you, you know, you're kind of just talking super rapidly. You need to kind of relax and just, just hit the main points. I think that's the thing if you just kind of like bullet point just the main things you want to talk about and you know, if there's nothing to talk about, you just talk about whatever, like then for me, that helps me structure my conversation. So that way, you know, I can get my main point across without seeming too, you know, just kind of, you know, aggressive or demanding. Right. You know what I mean? Just the thing is, is you have to kind of just come in it with like, 
this is what I do, right? I do this, 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 and this, right? This is what he does. He does this, 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 and this. Or if you don't know, you ask him, right? You know, he does this, 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 and this. You just kind of go like, you know, I know you do this. I do this, right? I think we work well together. How about we talk later sometime? Can I get your number? Can I get your contacts, right? So that way we can just discuss this opportunity in the future. I'll email you as soon as this is over. Um, you know, just something like that. Like that has helped me a lot in terms of structuring my my applications, my phone interviews and whatnot. And, you know, I if that works for anyone else, like I, you know, just or you feel like that would work, I totally recommend just implementing it or just trying it at least once. And how, how long do you usually spend on like your prep for your like, you know, interviews? Because you got... I think, I think what you told me, you got to like the, what was it, the final round of interviews with Oracle? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go through Oracle because that's my most recent experience. So when I look at a company, right, the first thing I look is what, first off, I didn't notice it first, but I would recommend for people to look at or at least know about quarters uh, and where that company is at right now in terms of just like their financial structure. Because a lot of the times, right, people will only look on LinkedIn because they're like, man, you know, there's no jobs on LinkedIn, but you need to start looking at the companies that you're interested in and look at where they're at. Because the thing is, is, you know, you need to see, oh, are they hiring new college graduates? How are they with new college graduates? Um, what quarter are they in, right? Generally, right now, uh, Oracle's in their fourth quarter. So around June 1st, I believe that's when it ends, if I just got that right, according to just like looking it up on the internet. Or just like kind of, you know, asking around. Uh, generally, when companies are in the fourth quarter, uh, especially during this pandemic, uh, they kind of do not want to hire anyone just because they're trying to make themselves look really good, you know, attain as much revenue as possible and stuff like that. And just overall, just be valuable as a company, right? Um, around like, you know, the times that you really want to look at for when you want to apply or just looking at companies in general is you know, the, the first quarter, when the beginning of the first quarter happens, they are hiring new people, they are trying to invest. So you want to go there in terms of just looking at, you know, when companies are, you know, investing or generally uh, around uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter, right? Right now, they're kind of like, you know, because of the pandemic, like I said before, they can't really do that. But normally around the beginning of the fourth quarter, which is or sorry, the middle of the fourth quarter, which is probably around like May or something like that, because it's it's at its tail end, right? It ends usually in June. So around May, when people, you know, when like you notice how like college graduates are coming out, right? That is the time to apply. Like, you know what I mean? That's when you want to apply. That's when you want to start looking at things or even just consider, you want to consider beforehand, right? Obviously. But if you're looking for um, a job, right? I definitely recommend knowing you know, regardless of time, right? No matter what time you're at, like you could be applying now, you can apply like April or like late April, uh, early May, whenever you need to look at where the company is at, look at what their culture is and kind of just get the rundown. So when I was looking at Oracle, I, you know, I already knew about Oracle just because I've used their products before, but I didn't know about their company. So I looked them up, I looked up their, um, just their hiring process, just looking on Glassdoor views and whatnot. And uh, that was my prep for when, before I applied, uh, before I applied to uh, Oracle. Um, after I did that, right, I looked for opportunities uh, for Oracle, right? I saw that they were doing the class of hiring projects and, you know, they were hiring college graduates from the December class of 2019, uh, 
looked on LinkedIn to find where that position was, right? Because uh, you know, I was looking on the website. I didn't really see anything that I felt would match for me, but I looked on LinkedIn. I got very, very lucky. And I found that there was a position for a program that I used back when I was in, you know, learning my MIS stuff, which was uh, MySQL, which is a relational database that I used for my classes. I did a very ballsy thing that I never did before. It, there was an email attached to the job application. I emailed them and I started talking to them. I started, you know, emailing them saying, hey, I'm interested in this position. Uh, here is my resume. Uh, I feel like I'd be a good fit. Uh, just please let me know if we can get in contact sometime. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Right. Uh, and then I started my first round of interviewing. Uh, and at the time I had no connections to Oracle. I was completely, you know, uh, just bare bones going in. Just, you know, it was pretty much just kind of like a, a kind of like, you know, shot in the dark. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, and I talked to, um, a recruiter and, Honestly, for that interview, like I said before, it was it was 30 minutes. Uh, so I had to explain to her my whole story in 30 minutes. Oh and I was really I was really scared because I didn't know what I was going to like. Right. You know, like if I said, like, no, just tell me everything that you've ever done in college, like in 30 minutes, you would probably, you know, your eyes would get big. Right. You'd be like, yeah, that, that, that's like that's like vague. Right? Like That's like you're, you're going to touch on like. So I was in AMA. And I was in CC, and I did this, and I did that. Like, that's all yeah, you really then, say. Yeah, but then also it's like, you know, for me, is like I was, I was I was thinking like that too. But then I was like, okay, I have to actually think about what I've done. And then as I thought about it, I had to consider classes too that were relevant to the position. And eventually I was like, I have way too much, right? And I would say if you have too little, think about like – the, the minor things, right? The tiniest of details that you might think are applicable to the position. Because once you start doing that, you realize how valuable you are and that boosts your self-confidence. Because I think, I'm glad she asked that because one of the things that, you know, a lot of graduates that I see or graduates and even undergrads still, the thing that they really lack is the confidence just to talk to these people, right? Like Fortune 500s. Like they're yeah. scared if like if they talk to them, they're never going to talk to them again. And I would just say I've like I, I'm, I will be real. I've been rejected by companies. I did not learn this immediately. I've been rejected by companies a lot. Right. And the thing is, you just have to you just have to learn from it and go and you can apply again is the thing. You don't do it immediately, but you can apply again. It's not like they're going to remember you. They're a Fortune 500 company. They have a million applications every day. And you might not fit that qualification then, but you can fit it at a later time. Like I would just say for like freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior graduates, right? Apply to that internship or that place that you want to work at and see what happens, right? And if they're willing to offer you feedback, do it. That shows the employer that you actually want to learn. It's not because you just want to work. You actually want to get better at what you do. And employers look for that because they're when they're hiring you, you're an investment to them. You know, you're looking at their company as an investment on your life, right? You know, your, your career, your, you know, how much money you make, where you're going to live and whatnot. But they're looking at you like, how are you going to work? I don't know you that well. It's a very, you know, it's a back and forth process, you know, and you really have to just be confident, be yourself and just show them who you are. And that's what I did for my first interview. I just focused on those, like I said before, highlighted what I did 
very brief bullet points. And I told her that, right? I didn't have like a piece of paper, didn't have like a script. I like wrote it down, right? Yeah. But I looked at it and I was like, this is what I've done. I just memorized it and I said it off the top of my head. And she was like, I like you. Moving on to the second interview, right? Mm. Uh, and now this is another thing that I would also say. Uh, Fortune 500 companies, if you are not like, you know, if you do not know someone in there, uh, they take a little bit, uh, they take some time to respond. So you want to yeah. constantly keep in contact with them, which is, is it not like? a I think it's like two weeks is yeah, like kind of like the wait, like wait two weeks before you send another email. Just generally was, because people are just so busy. Yeah. yeah. You wait a week. Probably I would say a week. That, okay. That's yeah. If you're, if you are, if they say you're moving on to the second interview, wait about a week. Like you want to contact them at least every week so that they remember that you're there, which I know oh, yeah. sounds kind of like, you know, it sounds kind of like grim, but like I had to, you know, basically I had to wait about two weeks, like two or three weeks to basically get this interview. Uh, you know, because at the time that I, you know, was talking to this person, they were at, you know, their, their end of the month, which is basically, you know, they're, you know, they're in charge of like a consulting team. So naturally they're trying to, you know, generate the money that they need for that month. So that's why it took so long. Yeah. I didn't we, know. We don't really, we don't really even see like the behind the scenes, everything. Cause it's like, cause yeah. for us, it's like we we're in college. So like we're doing classes and then we're doing, if we have like a part-time or a full-time job, we're doing that. But then it's like, it's pretty, you're, you're, you're free more than like what they are. And so like, we're sitting there like, why aren't they responding? Why aren't they email back? Like I'm checking this right now. I got plenty of time, but it's like, we forget that they have their stuff to do. It's like, we completely forget like they're, they're professionals. They don't have just one job. They're, they may be doing like four of them. And this is on this and you know, going, doing this process is like part of it. So like we completely forget all that process for them. So we get like, like selfish minded with it in a way. Yeah. I mean, and even when you were, uh, I mean, I remember back at CC, um, when you were with Omar hiring those people, right? Like you would always, you know, sometimes they would show up like 10 to 15 minutes early or something like that. And, you know, you would just get there and they would just be waiting outside. And, you know, they didn't understand like, hey, why isn't anyone here? Right. Like they're like a boss. Right. They should be here in the office all the time. They didn't understand you had other obligations and stuff like that. That and, and other you know, interviews, too. It, it, yeah, it would always it would always happen at least at least maybe like if we had like like two or three back to back, it would always happen where they where the the second interview or the third comes and knocks on the door while we're mid interview. And I it's like, I have to get up at the, like, like tell them, Hey, we're still doing an interview. Like give us like 10 minutes or so. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it, it's just, and it's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. Like, you know, they're doing yeah, the right no, thing by like getting there early. And it's just, mm -hmm. it, it's just like, like, it's just that knowing that you're busy, like, knowing that the hiring person's like actually like, you know doing stuff they're not just blowing you off or making you wait it's like it's it's it was eye-opening because like whenever i know whenever i was interviewing for stuff like that like for to be a director or to be in like to be even be in like cc it was that waiting process and it was like it, it made me realize like that it's not like they're making they're making you wait it's like they have yeah. other stuff and it's it, it kind of helped me a little bit and also another thing to consider too is that like they're they're thinking about you is a yeah, thing like there it's not just you it's you're competing with people like i i forgot how many people have applied to this job like when i look back on linkedin and see how many people apply for this job i go holy smokes yeah no wonder no wonder that's a lot of people yeah they, um, they have to narrow that down which is crazy like because I'm, yeah. I'm reading i'm reading about that i'm like i'm taking some hr classes i'm reading about how they're how they have to take the the big app like the big applicant pool and then narrow it down to like 
people that they think would like it's a, it's a smaller pool it's not even like you know like it's not even like a small like like you know like two or three it's like they have to narrow it down to like a smaller group of like a thousand apply you got to narrow it down to like maybe like 50 or so even still like that's still like you know insanely high or like, so like that's a small that's a small amount but it's still you know that's like you know I, don't, I mean i don't know really exactly how many people they actually interview or not whatnot like i don't have any experience with that but it's like like hypotheticals but like that's still insane like even if they bring it out to like 20 that's still like 20 interviews for like one job you know? yeah that's that's in, that's really intense and when i was applying there just to when, when i taught when i talked to the the guy i was supposed to talk to right our interview went amazing right it went very very well i enjoy talking to him and stuff like that and you know, he told me everything that he was doing, and I was like, I'm surprised I even got an interview this early when I said that. Um, and then from there, it's the same thing that happened, right? I had to talk to, you know, because of, you know, just, you know, the company and whatnot. Like, you know, he was telling me, like, oh, we're planning on doing this, but we might have to change it because, you know, we are all working and stuff like that. So the original plan was for me to drive up to Austin, but eventually it just became, okay, now you're going to talk to this director, and you're going to talk to this director, right? And eventually through there right like people start starting hearing my name through the grapevine and you know it's funny like i remember it was funny because my mom was like yeah i know like i know someone who works at oracle and like they, they heard about you and i was like they, you know they want to talk to you right so i talked to the you know I, I i'm now networking through oracle um and you know it's it's crazy because just that whole entire process right when I first started it, I thought it was like the worst thing ever. But now I now I understand it because the more like you talk to these people and you just ask them about their like I ask them about like what they did and you hear about what they do and it's just like I don't even that's a, that's so much work that they have to do on top of hiring people, right? Yeah, because it's a lot. The, yeah, the the talent acquisition specialist just like filters, right? That's their job, and then once you get filtered to them you go to the actual person that you'll be working under. And then that's how it works. And uh, I, I will say now, if we're, we're fast forwarding, uh, you know, the, the hiring freeze that's happening all across the nation, right? Definitely I'm affected by it, but it's not slowing down, if that makes sense. It's not slowing me down in terms of still applying and still learning new skills. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't want to yeah. be stagnant during this, during this like, a time where we have a lot of time to do things, you don't want to sit there and you know, and yeah. like sit and like you know, twit like what is it? Um, mess with your thumb, like twiddle your thumbs or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Except some stuff. Like I was, you know, I look like even just like looking at something for like a brief moment. At least you're doing something. Like I know yeah. it's hard to find that motivation because there's there's no structure to life at the moment, right? There really like, isn't. It's kind of to, insane. Yeah, people are used to like you know going out and like doing things like, you know, it's like, this is my daily routine, but now your daily routine is like, okay, I need to stay inside as much as possible. I need to, you know, just, you know, and that's it. Right. Like get groceries, go inside, stay inside. Um, and it's hard to do that. And I mean, I won't lie. I find it difficult for me to like try and like get the motivation to do stuff, but I'm trying to learn like some SEO on the side. Uh, I've been learning like, you know, like I said before, I'm still talking with Oracle, I'm trying to learn some new, like, just business like speech you know business speech yeah. business negotiation that's good though. Trying to, yeah just trying like, to do my best at that yeah that, that's that's one thing that, like that's one thing that, that can really set you apart too i think from just everyone else because right now everyone's just taking like the extra like you know you know kind of just doing what they want to and kind of you know 
do do you do the work like for for students like do your work and then you're done you're on vacation like you know you can't really go to work or unless you're working from home and so mm-hmm. you got all that free time so it's like no i'll just i'll just like you know i'll like watch t i'll watch netflix i'll do this and it's like mm-hmm. taking advantage and like because i think i think somebody said I can't remember who it was. They were like, you know, use this time to like, you know, learn a new language or something like that. And it's like, re- like, on, like with all this extra time, because we have it's locked down till what is it, April thirtieth? Yeah. So it's like you have you have like a whole month. Like if you really wanted to, you can put so much into it. And mm-hmm. one th- one thing I kind of like that uh, Professor Zahn is doing. He said he's potentially going to offer extra credit if you get your Google certificates. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like that extra incentive to like push your students. And like and like push yourself to get you know more out of this quarantine. I think that's like really really cool for like a, a teacher to do to kind of help one give us something to do like on the side and also like you know if you do it you're gonna get extra credit but like the main benefit is like you you get a certificate. Yeah, that is actually very crucial. I, I mean, like you, I mean, when I was at U of H, I would not shut up about the amount of certificates that you could get um, that could help you in life. I mean, even um. Even just, uh, you know, we, we both know Steven. Steven has like, Steven is working at Wexler right now. And he, the reason he got that job is because he's certified in so many things that it's ridiculous. Like having those Google certificates are so important. Like I, I have my analytics certificate having just, I still need to get you know, that. it's, it's so beneficial. It's if you're going down the digital marketing path, that is so beneficial. Um, and also just going back to what you're saying about just like learning a new skill is just not even the fact that, you know, let's say like you're not learning a skill that's relevant to business, right? You are still learning something and you could tell that to an employer. They want to see that you have the willingness to learn. Like, for example, right? Like, you know, if you're, I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying like just focus on, you know, just business, right? Just, just don't like, you know, it's going to get tiring because, you know, business is a lot of work. It takes a lot of, you know, it takes a lot out of you to just like learn all this stuff. Right. And so you're going to want to do something that's a little bit more, you know, f- fun and a little bit more free going. Right. Like one of my hobbies is that, you know, I really like music. I played violin for seven years and, you know, during this quarantine, I've, I've been learning how to play the piano. Like I've been learning how to play the piano. That's what I really want to learn how to do. I really want to learn how to play the piano. It's, it's very time consuming, but it's oh, really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's also like so soothing too. Like I, I used to play when I was younger. I think mm-hmm. I took a few years and like learning it and I loved it. I just and then I stopped and like I think once I hit high school or something, I think it was I think it was once I hit high school. I think I stopped. Yeah. But it was like I I've always wanted to go back to that. Like it's just like mm-hmm. it's it sounds so beautiful and it's like soothing and it really can like it really can like, you know, de stress you. I think. Yeah. It's I mean, such music a in general rela- does that. It's such it's such a relaxing thing and um, you know, it's like I said before, um, that's not relevant to what I'm doing. It's not, but like I said before, if I mean, it's, you it's feel relevant that you're, cause you're benefiting yeah, yourself though. Exactly. If you feel it's relevant to just the, the job or you feel as if that that employer will appreciate that, tell them like, you know, I, cause also, you know, I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket with Oracle. Like, you know, there's like Texas A&M as well. I just started talking with them yeah. and you know, honestly, I would not be afraid to tell them that. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, I've been doing this. It's very, it's a sign of due diligence, which is basically a real, it's, it's a, it's a word that just means like, if you don't know what that means, it's just like 
work ethic in a really fancy way, just doing stuff on your own, like to, to have that, you know, willingness to learn and having that due diligence is really, it speaks a lot during this time. Yeah. It also speaks to your care. I mean, it just speaks to like, you know, it, it, it speaks to like who you are and like, because whenever you're talking to them, you know, they, they're trying, they're trying to get to know you because they want to know if you're going to be a good fit, like not just work ethic wise. They want to know that you're going to like fit in with like the actual people, you know, you're going to, you're going to mesh well with everybody. And like, with like letting them, letting them know those kind of things, it's, it's going to help. Cause like it gives them an extra, you know, insight to you, an extra like angle for them to like see just you, not just, you know, not just the work you, but like the extracurricular, you know, you know, yeah. at home you, I guess, I guess that's the way mm-hmm. to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was, it's funny. Cause there's always that, you know, there's always that kind of like, everyone wants to put their work self you know, out like it's like I have my work self, and then I have my you know me at home, me with my friends, right? You kind of want that to you want to blend that, you know. You're yeah. you know there shouldn't have to be like a business persona of you, right? You should just kind of be who you are, right? That's what makes people like you. That's what makes you a good worker. That's what makes you actually able to be in like you know, you know the the workforce or you know just in you know corporate America. Yeah. It's like that's what it that's honestly what it is you know you don't need to put up this mask like you know people yeah, really like fake. it yeah exactly right but um yeah that's that's pretty much it for my oracle um kind of just i don't know tangent yeah. you know just story but that's pretty much been my experience ever since i've gotten out of college it's just yeah. let, a lot let's of let's talk about that too i, I kind of want to talk yeah. about that like you getting out of college Mm-hmm. I think well, I probably like, you know, the the biggest thing, like our goal as college students, it was like, like the ultimate goal and dream is to like, you know, have a full time coming out of college, like, you uh-huh. know, and like starting up right away. But a lot of kids don't get that. Like, like what do you, what do you think? What do you think the percentage is of students who come out of college, like, and go into a full time job immediately following graduation? What do you, what do you think the percentage is? Oh, that's difficult. The percentage, because a lot of the times, it's interesting because sometimes people don't say it because the university will email you, uh, you know, when you graduate, usually universities email you and they ask, do you have a full-time job yet? Because they want to put that as like a statistic of just like, you know, these are how many of our graduates have full-time jobs right now. Right. It's, I don't know why, but I I always, I feel like that the number is like 98 point something percent for every single, every single time I've heard, like we have a 98.6% placement rate out, right out, like outside of like, you know, because like you did the program or something like I think for like, you know, Bauer, yeah. UH, and like I think PES and all that stuff is like always such a high number. But yeah. Like that, it, doesn't that fact that factors in like up to like, oh, is it six months after graduation? Yes. So it's 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 tough for me to say like immediately after graduation. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's not like you don't have to like, you know, you have to be right. It's like what what do you think? Yeah. Probably I would say around like sixty percent of Holy people. Cow. Yeah, sixty percent, like sixty-five people actually have a full-time offer, oh, and like I said, offer. yeah, they have a full-time offer ready, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, it just like usually, and, and usually they're working, right? Uh, yeah. You know, if they have a full-time offer set, like, and you know, they have a full-time offer, but I would say in terms of people who are working right after graduation, I would say that's probably like still, I'd probably say that's like probably like. 70 like six like high 60s probably like 68 67 right like it's not like 80 percent or like 90 percent it's 70 60 around that area 
and it's um you know it's kind of you know it's people view that as a bad thing but in reality that's just you know how how things are right you know naturally some people will not have an offer immediately after college just because like i said before they're really shy they don't talk to a lot of people so naturally yeah. once they graduate they have to start doing that there, yeah there's and a number of things what's crazy mm -hmm. is so I, I found i don't know how accurate this is like i think it's like it's a couple years old um yeah. They they said about sixty cents like they said sixty seven percent of graduate of graduating college students don't have a full time offer after graduation like following like immediately following graduation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I would agree with that. And it's it's not a bad thing. I don't think. Like, oh no, it's definitely not. Did you, did you did you like did you take a break after like you know kind of like that? All right, I've been like grinding it out for four years like for classes and everything. I'm gonna take like a break. And then go into job hunting, or did you like uh, like right after graduation you dived right into job hunting? I I dived right in. I was advised um, to take a break, um, but honestly, I I mean like I I did for like maybe you know Christmas and stuff like that. But you know I was still looking and I was still doing that you know in my spare time. And just just not like heavily, like not heavily. Involved. Yeah, I wasn't. That wasn't just like, like a little my, light looking. You know, like yeah, just scene. very. Yeah, just very, very light. I was relaxing, and I definitely recommend that. Like, look, you graduated, take a break. You deserve it, right? Like, it's not going to be the end of the world if you take, like, a couple, like, maybe, like, a week off, right? It's not going to hurt you. But if you want to get in immediately, I definitely don't, like, I'm not going to say not to do it, right? It's just all to the person. Like, everyone's, yeah, it, you know. Yeah, it's going to vary from person to person. Yeah. I, I, but, think, I think I'm going to be one of those... I'd hope I have one, you know, immediately following graduation. But I feel like I'm going to be like, I, I have a feeling if it doesn't happen, I think I'm going to be the person that's going to take like a break. Not for like a long yeah. time. Cause there are people who take like, you know, they'll like, they'll wait a good amount of time. And then it's like, mm -hmm. that, okay. Then it's kind of like, you're, you're so, you're so far out of it. That you got to like almost like retrain yourself into that, mm -hmm. you know, interview process mind. Mm -hmm. So I think I might yeah. like, max, max a month, I think for me. Yeah, exactly. And I would say, you know, even even when people have full-time offers, like they tell the company when they want to work. Um, they, they're like, I need a week. I need a week to get ready and situated and whatnot. I've had that talk before with a lot of companies like, yeah, because, you know, they're, they say, yeah, we're located in Austin or we're located here uh, in, you know, like Irving, Texas, right? Uh how much time would you need to get ready to work? And, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are afraid that if they say, oh, yeah, uh, I, I can, yeah, it's going to take me about like a week or two to get out there, right? Or like, you know, sometimes like a month that that company is going to be like, oh, no, we don't want you. Sorry, you know, and that's a reasonable thing, but you have to be honest with them because it's, you know, you can't just make that happen overnight, you know, just, I mean, you can, you know, it's an, if they don't hire you because, you know, it's going to take you time to, like, get ready for that job for you to do it as best as they can, then, you know, first off, you know, you should not feel bad about that, right? It's just that they need someone immediately probably, and, you know, that's just the unfortunate thing. Uh, but it, it's something that you have to tell them because they – want you at your best and you need to be at your best like mental like you do not want to burn yourself out like let me just make that you do not want to burn yourself out 
especially right after college, you just do not want that to happen. So just try to avoid that as much as possible is my recommendation. But everyone is their own person. And I would say just to follow that loosely. It's not like just take what I say with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you have to learn it from experience. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, going through it yourself, you know, it's, it's good to, like, take everyone else's advice into consideration. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you got to really sit down and kind of, like, see what what really, like, you, like what you want to do with that information. And, like, if you believe mm-hmm. it, if you don't, if you want to use it or you're not. Um, and kind of, kind of with that, I kind of there was some there was some advice passed around. I kind of wanted to get your your uh, two cents on. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who who got who, who gave the advice and who was to and then who like what what what, what all happened with that. You know, I'm gonna leave them people anonymous. Um, but with everything going on, it was potentially maybe staying in school a little bit more, like maybe an extra semester, um, uh-huh. and either or, or going into like you know masters. I, I think I have. I had a friend who's actually, you know, considering masters because they like with everything going on, it's like maybe better to go and get your masters and meet like, like immediately and just, you know, have that extra schooling because, you know, all the jobs going crazy right now, but it was like either, you know, go like stay, maybe, maybe prolong your, your stay at a college and maybe, you know, get a minor or a double major or, you know, go for your masters if you're graduating what what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you kind of think that that's a good idea, or do you think you know graduate and you know jump into the job search with all this going on? What 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 do you I, think? I would say um, it's a very 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 you know it's like I said before like the time like we're in like a history book moment and you know a lot of things are happening right now and one of the biggest concerns is you know jobs for graduates coming out and i would honestly say that yes that is like the safest thing for you to do is to stay in school uh because the the more you know if you can afford it absolutely i would say you know go get that master's go get that double major minor whatever you want to stay in school for you know because there's that security right you're in school you have more time to network you have more time to do these things but I also want to advise that, you know, if you can't do that, you know, let's say, you know, don't have the funds for a master's, you just, or you just don't want to get a master's, you don't, you just want to get out, you're just, you know, you're like, I, I know my limits, I can only do this, right? Or I, you know, my, I know my funds, I can only do this. Uh, you still have serve, you still have the university services for about six months, so you're not totally out of the game. Uh, you can still talk to, you know, Zach, uh, one of the, uh, you know, career advisors at Rockwell, uh, you can still get your resume looked at. You can still, you know, go to the career fairs that U of H offers, you know, even if it's online, uh, you can still go to those. Uh, and you can also still build a connection with university alumni, uh, whether it be through LinkedIn and whatnot, and you can still do that. It's not the end of the world uh, if you graduate in the class of 2020 and Honestly, I think it is a very big testament to your resolve and your determination uh, if you put that on your resume. I read on LinkedIn saying that people who have class 2020 on their resume should be looked at, you know, with very high regard. And I agree with that entirely, right? You know, I graduated in class of 2019, right, which is, you know, in December, which wasn't too far away from when the pandemic hit. Uh, that, you that, know. Was, that was whenever I think it was in 
Like this was like a, maybe a month before China got it, I think, because I think it hit, yes. it hit like late December for China, right? It hit, hit, hit late December, early January, and then it started to grow. And, you know, no one could have predicted this. It was very oh, no. sudden. Yeah, it's very sudden. But I, I think that if you have that class of 2020, and even in some cases, class of 2019, they, they should be looked like employers will look at that very, very, you know, respectively, right? That That speaks a lot. You know, they're going to look at that and they're going to know this person had to go through like in, you know, just this, this pandemic where jobs are just going away. And, you know, basically th there's a fear of like an economic recession. Like that's very, very, you know, plausible, right? They, they have to go through all of that. Right. And, you know, they still were, were doing stuff and they were still working and they were still trying to do you know, something, right? Like, even if it's like a job at HEP or something like that speaks volume. I don't care wherever, if you are working wherever you are working right now, that speaks immense volume, no matter where it is. It could be online, it could be whatever, right? That shows people that you are not going to give up. You are not a, a quitter. Even if you, you know, you're still applying. You know how difficult that is in this time. It's very difficult. It's such like a, you know, it's crazy. It, it's yeah. It's so crazy and so nuts. But yeah, people are still working and they're still doing their best to do what they need to do. I mean, like there's that, so many layoffs too. Yeah. And yeah, it's incredible. Like, I've heard think, internships, like yeah. internships and jobs. It's crazy. Yeah, people are getting laid off. Like people like losing internship, losing jobs. I think it was. I think they said they recorded like 10 million jobs lost. In the U.S., mm -hmm. I think was, I think I think, was the, I think that was the number. Yeah, it was a very very big number. From so I don't know. My, my 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 thinking is like once this is all over, there's gonna be so many jobs like open and mm -hmm. available. Like because they they're gonna like they, it's not like they wanted to you know. Yeah. It's just they can't like you know some companies just can't afford it. Um, mm -hmm. And like you know like it's the point where CEOs are stepping in and like you know they're giving up their salaries so that they can pay their their members so they can pay their workers so they don't have to lay people off. It's, mm -hmm. So I feel like I feel like I have a feeling once it's all once this is like over, like it sucks right now. But once it's over, there's gonna be so many available jobs and like so many mm -hmm. places you can apply for and positions that it's like it's mm -hmm. it might it might be good for people. You know, if, if you don't you know decide to stay in grad like stay another semester or something like that um, at like college, it's like you wait it out if you wait it out a little bit and just work on you know applying to applying to applying to places that have jobs available now and mm -hmm. then. Once and once everything cools down, and then people start, getting, people can resume hiring processes and hiring. You know, like it'll kick back in real, real quick and real high. I, yeah, I think I'm not an expert. I'm not gonna say I I'm, am an expert. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. But I'm just trying to do this. You know, like you have to, you have to, you know, think about this and attack it as best as possible. And you know, I think one of the best things that you could do is just to work or just to, because employers will ask what you were doing, and you know, although you know. You, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, I was in the pandemic. I really couldn't do anything. That's a reasonable answer. And I get that. It really does show a lot of results. It's like, yeah, I was in the pandemic, but I was still looking for work. And I was still, you know, either the skills I learned or this was a job I was working during the pandemic, remote work, right, that I found. And you can explain that story or whatever. And then just, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot of things um, that you can do. And new, it's not an interview yeah. uh, question. Yeah, what were you doing during the pandemic? It's you just doing? you weren't doing yeah. anything. All right, next, next. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably not going to be like that, no, but it's 
yeah, if 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 it is like that, um, you yeah, you can you can get out the door because I don't. Yeah, that's not a good response if they say that. You know, if that company says that, you know, you can, you know, you can, you know, tell them to, you know, just eat the dust that you know is going to get off your heels as you're walking out the door as fast as you can. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, I, I was. I, I have an. I have an interview Monday, and like, mm-hmm. I, I can just see it. Like the first question they ask. So what have you been doing to to be productive during this pandemic? I'm like, you know what? It was great talking to y'all. Thank you for your consideration. I'm like, gonna go ahead and you know, with, you know withdraw. Yeah, because I have this, not done anything. I mean, you're doing something right now. I mean, you can say that. I mean, just don't say you're watching Tiger King. That doesn't count. I it's not even produ- seen Tiger King yet. Oh, it's it's that's that's another story for another day. That's a <laughs> that's a pod that's a podcast on its own. Honestly, because. What is it? All I know is that, like, what is it? I'm seeing the thing of the the wife killed the husband or something like that. That's all, like, all, that's all I'm seeing. Oh, like, there's way, there's way more. Oh my, I gotta it's watch the, that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's so entertaining. See, I'm, I've been I've been I've been watching a lot of Netflix. Like, mm-hmm. like what is it? Like at, at night we do, I do a Netflix party with uh, with Nancy, and mm-hmm. we like we was watching different movies. So I'm like I'm like catching up on so many movies I've never seen before. Like I fi- I finally watched I think what was I think what was it Scott Pilgrim versus the World that mm-hmm. came out like what when, when oh that came out like two that came out two thousand eleven or like two thousand twelve or something like that yeah I think around that time am I thinking maybe later I'm not too sure it came out twenty ten so ten yeah. years later and I finally see Scott Pilgrim versus the World because I'm because because of this pandemic yeah it it's took a, it's ten a great... years in a pandemic for me to finally watch this movie. It's a great movie. It's it was so, honestly, <laughs> I was dying I forget. the whole time because it was there were so cringy moments and there was funny moments. It was I don't know. It was a mix of emotions, honestly. But it was it took t- it's ten years though to watch this movie. Who directs that? I love the way the director did that because everything's like so dynamic. Like Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, his 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 like framework is incredible. Like every shot, like it has like that. Like it, it looks like you're like watching a comic book in oh, some 100%. sense. That's kind of why yeah. I liked it so much. I was like, this is like mm-hmm. Street Fighter and then like, you know, mm-hmm. mixed with – I mean, so much. And I was like, what, do you have Brandon, Brandon Routh in there? Yeah. I, you also I, have what, Chris Evans too. Yeah, Chris Evans, you know, Captain America, Brandon Routh who played Superman mm-hmm. in Superman Returns, you know. And then mm-hmm. you had – what was it? The the main chick. I forgot her name. Um, oh, Ramona? Yeah. Yeah, Ramona. She – like that's that's the girl from uh, Sky High. The uh, Yeah. What's, what's her name? Major ma- major Pain oh, – Royal Pain? It was Royal yeah. Payne. She played Royal Payne, and then she also played. Uh, was it was it Huntress in in the Canary in like um in uh, like Birds not, of Prey I'm, that they just came out? I'm with? not too sure about her roles, but I do know um the, the one of her uh one of Ramona uh, the the girl X actually she was play like did you ever watch Avatar: The Last Airbender? The TV show. Yeah, the, the Dude, little animated show. My one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. of all time. Avatar. Yeah, Last that's Avatar. yeah that 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 girl's the voice of Katara. That's no way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's her. No, 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 you're no, you're lying. I, no, that no, I, I swear I googled this. It's that's that's her. Like that is actually her. Like they have the same name, same everything. I swear it's she had a role in Avatar. I swear it, and I swear it's guitar. Like ninety five percent. Like you know, that, if I look, no, no, just Google it. Trust me. All right. Like listen, it, for all the podcast listeners, you can go home and you can Google it right now. And if I'm wrong, you just I don't know. Um, just, I think you might be right. Hold on. Yeah. 
It definitely, it definitely is. But yeah, that, that movie's great. And I think another cool thing about this pandemic is a lot of people are, you know, they're they're experiencing a lot of culture they never have before. Like I know I'm watching a lot of things. Like I remember I'm watching Stranger Things. I'm watching um, you know, a bunch of just shows and whatnot. I'm listening to a lot of music too, which is good. You know, yeah. A lot of people are reading. They're doing a lot of, you know, they're being more, they're trying out new hobbies, which is really good. And also, like more people are becoming more connected just because they can't see each other. Like people are actually, you know, calling each other. They're doing like these Netflix parties and stuff like that. And you know, they're they're making like time you know out of their day just to like you know hang out with friends which is really really cool and you know there's there's some good that comes with this pandemic i mean like you know just unfortunately i mean i wish it wasn't happening but at least like you know people are making good out of it which is like the most important thing yeah people are and i see i just i just now looked this up and you were you are right Mm -hmm. that is the voice of katara I know, I know my Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you do, because holy, I didn't even know that. It yeah, didn't, no, it didn't you, sound like her whenever I was watching the movie. Yeah, she has to put on like a little bit of, a, I think like the the last Airbender thing was, she kind of had to put on like a little bit of a voice for that. Yeah, I think so Like too. that's not her, yeah, that's not her natural voice. But yeah, no, like, Crazy. you know. Dude, that, that, show, that show brings back so many memories. Yeah, it's... Oh man, I miss, I miss those times. I miss, I miss those. those. How how do you feel about the live action one coming up? On Netflix? Uh, how do you how do you feel I, about that? Oh man, I don't know because the movie was terrible. But I think that might have just been because I think M Night Shyamalan. I mean, I I generally don't think animated movies do well with live action. Like there was like that Full Metal Alchemist like live action that's really bad from what I've heard. And then like you know you have all these. I don't really. I can't remember an animated live action movie that was really good. You know, I just always feel as if that they don't do well because, I think you know, they try, they, I think they try to change too much. Yeah. They, they just try to make it too hot. Like I remember, uh, like from the history, like from all the films I've seen that are live action, they normally try to take like a, like an anime or like some type of Eastern, like, you know, piece of media and try to Westernize it. Right. But Avatar was made in the U S so I don't know if that's going to help, but the movie, the movie was terrible, yeah. and that yeah, that movie was really sure, really I'm pretty really sure they, they ruined it. For, like for me, it was for a few reasons. I think the big I think was I think they said that the, the directors of like the animated show they came on as like consultants, and they mm-hmm. disregarded a lot of what they like advised and like saying like how you should do things, and they just yeah. disregarded it. And then probably the biggest change that annoyed me the most, beside besides the acting, which was god awful in my opinion, like. Mm-hmm. And like biggest thing, like okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to this. It's it's bigger things like Ang. They they said his name is Ong. It's like that's, yeah, that's, that like why change like how they pronounce the name? It's like this is mm-hmm. like you're making a different thing out of this now. And then two yeah. was it was just the like firebending. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I don't know if that annoyed you. It annoyed me seeing like every like every time yeah. a firebender had it, like was gonna do something. It was always mm-hmm. it was always because they had a, like they had a, like a meteor. They had like a giant bowl that was on fire, and they would use that to like you know fire bend. And I was like, "Do you wh- wh- why? Like, I get it makes sense and it's logical, but like that's the whole point. This like this is an illogical you know show. Like, no mm-hmm. one's really gonna bend air. No one's gonna you know move the earth like that, or like move water. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, yeah. I, like I get it with like water, like water bending. Like it like in the show it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Like, but like and when you bring it like when you when you keep." When you change that, when you change up something like that, and it's like 
with waterbending, like I've never like I've never thought about it like that. Like where waterbending, you needed a source of water to do stuff. Like with mm -hmm. firebending, you can just you just out of your hands. So it's like yeah, it doesn't like well, so it never like really mattered. But when they did in the movie, I was like, that's like stupid. Why are they changing it like that? Why are they making it where you have to have a fire right there? Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of things. It just I think the thing is that they don't respect the source material enough, and like a lot of them, because a lot of the like the the bending is based off of like martial arts or whatever. So what they would just do is they would like, I feel like they just didn't pay enough respect to that. And that that's why I didn't like about it. Like I didn't like the fact they didn't pay any respect to the source material, which may, which is the reason why people liked it. Like mm -hmm. there's a reason why people want to see it in live action because the source material is so good. They want to see it adapted, you know, with, you know, real people. Like, I mean, all the firebending is like, like, or firebending is like based off of, Oh, we have lost Anthony. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. So we're uh, back. I, I do apologize for that. That was. <laughs> no, nah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Yeah. We just have to roll the punches. It's yeah, a little bit. It makes for an interesting episode. But yeah, no, like I was saying before, like firebending is based off of Muay Thai, and like airbending is like based off of like I don't know, like like Wang Chun or whatever, like some something like that, right? They're all based off of like a, like you know. A martial arts and there's such a big like you know like you have bruce lee and all like these martial arts movies right it would have been amazing to see with like you know fire coming out of someone or something like that like they're doing all these cool stunts i mean they already do it without that but they just don't do that they just kind of like lazily put like a meteor and there's no satisfying like choreography for me like it's just kind of very dry and that's why that's why i don't i, I don't like the movie personally but like i think we are i think our reasoning is kind of like intersect a little bit you know because it's like oh i think the bending looks stupid i do too but like earth bending, you know, earth bending was music. probably the stupidest i think oh definitely Dude, I like, hated the that way one it scene looked. i was like it took five five people doing one bending doing like the same like bending like you know like motions and everything yeah. to move like a rock the size of someone's head yeah like i was like real like really five yeah. people to live that yeah, no, for sure. But like, I don't know. Maybe because that was a movie. Maybe a series will be better. But I don't know. All I'm saying is that, like, when it comes out, I definitely will give it a shot because I am biased. I, you know, I, I will. I will support Avatar. I will support it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm. I'm. I want to see the new one. I can't, like. I'm kind of excited for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the, for I the live action. Yeah, I'm. I'm coming in skeptical, but I am excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little like, skeptical too. I, although they are, I'm pretty sure. Like, I was reading articles and they were saying like they they have the they have the the directors from the animated show on there again as consultants, and that their like the biggest advice was to look at like the like how the the bend like how like the actual martial art forms would like translate to like camera, and so they're spending like a significant yeah. amount of time like just working mm -hmm. through the actual like you know martial art yeah. forms for the bending and it's like they're spending that time which is like you know that's the biggest part of the show is the bending like the story yeah. like it's it's like i do i do think that this is better though than the movie because a movie trying to do mm -hmm. a whole season in one movie it's yeah. insane like there's there's like you can't do a whole movie like you know like i think it was like i think there was like what two hours yeah it was like a two-hour movie a two and hours like, to cover i don't know how many episodes in the first season there were but like two hours to cover the whole season, yeah. like the big main points without making it seem so like jumpy. And then doing mm -hmm. the season finale one where, where the, where the fire nation attacks, you know, yeah. the, the water tribe. It's like, mm -hmm. 
can't like how like how can you you can't like you know brush through everything that happened in the book and like in all like book one of water and then like yeah. you know spend like maybe like forty five minutes on the season finale like mm-hmm. it it, that, it doesn't work that it doesn't work well I don't think so like at least with like a TV show mm-hmm. it would you know translate a little better like they could spend like you know season one is all book water you know spend like you know six episodes or however many they're doing like six to ten you know, on just you know, the main episodes that, you know, that you need really for, you know, season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, the thing is, is that like, I remember they tried to do that with Dragon Ball and like, the thing is they like, you know, Dragon Ball is like a million episodes. It's like so long. Right. And that they try to condense like everything into like one movie. Right. And that became like a disaster because naturally, like I said, like another thing too, is like, you know, the time constraints, they, they could they could not do that, so they had to make like their own plot. You know what I mean? And normally, you know, people are going to get upset because it's like you know this isn't anything like I wanted it to be. It's not like the original. It's not like the original movie at all, right? I mean, like you know, they gave like you know they made Goku go to high school, but he doesn't do that. Like he's never. The dude's never. The dude. The dude's never read a book in his life. It doesn't make any sense. Like. I was sh- I, like my, my little like 10 year old brain was like exploding. I was like, what is going on? This boy has never read a book. I've never seen him open. Up. He can't even say like, you know, he can't even say like, you know, excellent. Right. Like he struggles with that word. Like, really? Yeah. No, he's compl- He's not smart. Right. But they hey. make him go to high school and he gets picked on, which makes no sense because the dude can literally lift like boulders and trains with one finger, but yet he's getting picked on. I was like, the restraint on, though behind that. <laughs> not throw somebody through a wall though i mean all he would have to do is like i mean the dude can like breathe and push people off of it if he wanted to like or he can just like dodge a punch but you know these people were like uh there's this one god what was the name that i forget the name of the character but there's this one dude who was the actor's name is texas battle i don't know why i remember that but i think it's like the coolest name ever invented like that is such a cool name for anybody on the history of this planet that I just remember the actor's name, but not the character. But like this character was just like, you know, just like, you know, showing him against the locker. I'm like, you know, realistically, all he can do is just like, you know, just dodge him or like run away. That's all he has to do. Like, cause he's really fast and he can shoot like energy out of his hands. But like, I don't know, maybe that's like being too cynical, but overall, like, yeah, I didn't enjoy that one either because it was just not a good movie. The acting was terrible. And like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an actor, but I just was like, this is this is annoying. I'm bored. I don't like the plot. It's stupid. Yeah. And just, yeah, not a big fan of that. Yeah, I get that. There's so many things um, mm-hmm. that like we can nitpick about movies and stuff. Um, we we yeah. have we I do say we we have strayed a little from um, you know college stuff. Um, oh yeah, I think, no. I, think, I think we'll I think we're gonna go ahead and uh, I'm a, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you one more question. We can we can call it and kind of kind of stay a little on track. Um, yeah. It, like, what? What is looking back? What is one piece of advice that you would give, you know, to yourself, mm. knowing, like, you know, knowing that, like, what you're going through now, you know, and looking back, you know, something you could have done better. I would say um, to myself, if I were to go back, um, I say the biggest thing um, I would tell myself was to be confident in yourself um, and to start talking to people immediately. Um, I think like a lot of people get nervous about applying for 
like internships or jobs, like I said multiple times, like I really want to heavily stress that um, is that I, you know, I would say to put your foot in the door, you know, and it is okay if that door closes, right? Because at least you know that, you know, what you can do or what you need to work on, right? Um, just do that. And I would also tell myself to, you know, honestly not be afraid of, you know, just asking people for help. Um, you know, rather that be a mentor or it could be a, a connection through a network, you know, like it's okay to ask for help and it is okay to, you know, be just, you know, willing to learn, you know, you don't have to learn everything yourself. It's okay to ask other people for help. I would say those two things I would probably tell myself. That's some great advice. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and end the show. Uh, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Thank you so much for letting me talk for like a long time. I appreciate this, it. Yeah, this is the longest uh, episode that I've had. I think it's, mm -hmm. I, mean, I think it's going to be close to an hour and like 10 minutes. All right, cool. So, Sweet. It was great having you talk man, on here. It's been, mm. it's been a while. I love talking to you, man. Um, of course. It was a lot of fun though. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, always, man. Thanks guys for listening to the podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with this one and I hope y'all got something out of it too. Next week we have with us a new guest, Valeria Rodriguez, the new president of the American Marketing Association for next year. So stick around for that one coming out next Friday. And as always, thank you for tuning into the Noah show.